Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's your host, Alex Garrett. All right. Well, what a great week it's been so far on Alex Garrett Podcasting. Thanks, as always, for listening. You know, I got to say that a little more often to start the podcast. Thank you for listening, because the more you listen, the more I'm actually encouraged to do this. If I didn't know what I'd be getting, I'd just maybe hang it up. Anyway, I'm always glad to be on with you guys and uh, very excited now to bring on my next guest. You, you've known him before. We've talked a lot of actually a wide variety of things. My good friend, Danny Voice. Danny, how are you doing? Hey, Alex. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Today is D-Day, and you know as much as anybody how precision, uh, how, how much necessary, you know, how necessary it is for precision, like the operations on D-Day when we stormed the beaches in Normandy, we have to all practice that kind of precision to keep ourselves alive, don't we? And, and you kind of know about that because you've been through it, uh, not the wartime, but the medical stuff and having to be precise with that medical care, I just thought I'd throw that at you right away. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, in, you know, the medical stuff, it's, it's kind of like war because you have to fight every battle. And sometimes you lose battles, sometimes you win them. And and the idea just to be, to be as meticulous as we were on this day, storming the beaches in Normandy. I think we can all relate to that. And I think another reason why I relate healthcare to that kind of action we took is because our healthcare heroes have to be precise in taking care of us, don't they? Yes, they do. I agree. And I think they do. And not only do they have to be, they are. I think that's the most impressive part. And you and I, you know, as well as you and I know that our healthcare heroes have been there for us for about 30 plus years, it's kind of sad that it took a pandemic for them to get the recognition now, in, in a sense. I definitely agree with that. It's, it, it is sad how it took a pandemic to actually appreciate them for what they do every day. And I mean, you know, I don't know if you know Danny's story, but you maybe could tell it for those who are just joining us since the last time you were on. I mean, you had 60 plus surgeries and You've overcome every one of them, and even in the in every one of them, your healthcare, uh, you know, practitioners, your caretakers, they had to really be precise, and they did it to to a T, didn't they? Uh, most of them, I would say, did. Um, there were a few that weren't as precise and got That's things true. wrong, but in the for what with the big. 
in the big picture, they got it right. And I'm still here. Thanks be to God. And you've got uh, a cause to talk about today because I saw you posted on Instagram. By the way, those who, who don't know uh, and don't follow Alex G N Y C one or hell, uh, DJ underscore rock and roll. What, what is it, Danny? It's such a long uh, username, but tell us. Uh, it's um, DJ underscore rock underscore N underscore roll underscore 90 on Instagram. And uh, I saw my buddy Danny, the man on the phone right now, uh, just yesterday. It was great seeing you, by the way. Great seeing you, too. It's been almost a year and a half. And and that was precision too. I mean, I was gonna see you, and then a health thing came up, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna risk it. So yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think the reason why we're here today is because we've been precise through this whole pandemic ourselves. Exactly. Well, and uh, well, I want to talk about that, man. I can't even get into dysphagia because there's so many things to talk about with you. Because as someone <laughs> no, with extreme, well, let's be honest, as someone with extreme health conditions, you have to be careful. You are at risk, and so. Uh, how did you get through it? I didn't even do a, it's like an exit interview from the pandemic. How did you get through it? Maybe people don't know. I just stayed home pretty much. That's all I did was stay home. But you did have a few friends over, which was great. And you were cautious. Yeah. And so you, you still had fun during it too. Yeah. Um, by the summer, I was like, I can't stay in this house uh, all the time. So I, I uh, talked to my parents about it, and they agreed with uh, doing some social distancing hangouts um, on my in my backyard. Now, what what people who may know Danny don't know, or may may know, I don't know, is that Danny had a special thing that was was it postponed, Danny, during this pandemic, the swallow therapy, because this is going to lead to dysphagia. But was was it postponed entirely? Yes, it was. Okay, so. Um, I was supposed to start, um... Well, first of all, tell people what swallow therapy is in case... Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so I have a swallow disorder called dysphagia, uh, severe dysphagia. Um, so basically, um, I can't eat or drink anything by mouth. I have a feeding tube and a feeding pump that runs for, like, 14 hours a day um, and that's how I get my nutrition um, and I right now I'm doing some swallow therapy it's um called vital stim basically what that is is they put these little electrodes on my throat and it basically shocks them most of the week um and I do uh, exercises with those uh, electrodes on me um, for about 45 minutes, three times a week. Um, and I was supposed to start this uh, last year before the pandemic started. But by the time I got everything uh, going, the pandemic started and I had to wait it out. I was going to do it in September, but... There was an issue with um, getting me an aid because of the pandemic. We didn't want anyone to um, um, come to the house because of the pandemic. 
So we decided to wait until my mom finally retired. Um, and now that she is, I started my therapy about a month and a half ago now. And and maybe those in the community listening uh, of this project, is there a big community for this kind of condition? Um, I'm not sure. If, uh, when I started, so my history with dysphagia started seven years ago after a surgery I had, and I went for this wall therapy that I do now, um, which I never knew there was a swallow therapy. Um, And it took me three years the first time around to get my swallow back. Um, But before that, I didn't know what dysphagia was. I didn't know um, that there was such a condition. Well... Uh, you know, I just said condition, but I and you just said it too. But do you feel like it is, or do you feel like it, it's it irks you when people say, "Oh, you have these conditions"? Like you and I don't think of them as that, right? I think like uh, this major thing, this major. Um, I'll just run through what I have. This major scoliosis, um, the lung issue I have. Uh, Hydrocephalus, Chiari malformation, all that I consider conditions. Uh, so, if you're of, someone says, "What's your condition?" I guess is my, my main question. Say that again. You don't get offended if someone's like, "Oh, what's your condition?" Because like you're the type that doesn't even care. You just get through it no matter what. You don't see it as yeah. As like, well, why are you thinking of it as a condition type of thing? Yeah, I don't really care about the terminology as much. Um, I'll correct them, like, if they want to know my condition, my disability, and they say condition, I'll correct them with the disability. But, um, like, the secondary um, conditions that come with the spinal bifida, I don't care if they say condition. Well, let's talk about your activism in this, because you are being active. You've In the pandemic, you were a lot, you know, as you said, you didn't really go out much. You went a little bit, but you didn't go out a lot. Yeah. But you took to social media to bring out causes, and I think you did it last year too with the awareness months, and that's very cool. I mean, what's it like whenever you hit sort of an awareness month that you want to make people, hey, I have this, it's not stopping me, but here's what it is. We're in dysphagia, but you do that for pretty much every kind of like spina bifida awareness month. You do that for the different uh, causes that you are fighting for. And yes, fighting I, for yes, I do it um, because... Honestly, um, there's not a lot of advocates for the disability community. Um, and and um, honestly, society still looks at us as um, um, less than uh, some power. Um, citizens. So, yeah, I, this is a way for me to. It's kind of funny you mention that because I was saying on my podcast, which you know, because I was texting you at one in the morning. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna go live with this thing. But uh, 
No, seriously, like Uber and Lyft are offering these free rides for the COVID vaccine. But Danny, don't, yeah. at this point, shouldn't we make the point that all health matters matter? Yeah. And I feel like this pandemic kind of is like, well, we got to fight this thing. And I'm like, well, why not offer free incentives to get other things and, and free services to get other things checked out as well? Exactly. Yeah. If, if you're going to um, do one for one, you should do it for all or, do, and, or not do it at all. There's the free stuff that you're seeing for the vaccine, knowing you've got to deal with these other things and tackle them daily. Doesn't it bother you that there's just that focus on that and nothing else? And it doesn't bother right now. Uh, the only thing, the only thing in, that bothers me about it is that they're actually doing it to get people to uh, get the vaccine. It's like. If they don't want to get the vaccine, then they're not going to get the vaccine. It doesn't matter if you try to bribe them with free shit. Exactly. And so, that's just, I mean, we see eye to eye there. But so, you do post these awarenesses on, on Facebook, on Instagram. And I, firstly, how does that make you feel every time you do it? I know you said there's not enough advocates, but personally, how does it feel to you? Do you feel like, yeah, I'm playing a role here that maybe no one else is? Exactly. That's what, I, and that's why I do it. And 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 like the emotional rush you get is—is is, is there a rush there when you do it? Yep, I I'm very proud when I do it. And what's the response? I feel like it's genuinely like supportive as hell. Actually, I'm watching the feed. <laughs> yep. Um. All of it so far so far is supportive. No, no one has ever, uh, really said anything negative. And I know you actually ran a fundraiser on Facebook. It's kind of cool that they do that. You do fundraisers to donate, and, and, and those are pretty successful, but I know you had one as well. Yes, uh, last year for my birthday, I ran a Spending with the Association fundraiser. Um, and it was only supposed to be for, my, for the month of uh, September because of my birthday. But... Um, uh, a friend of mine said, no, keep it going. And then I'm like, you know what? October is Spider Bifida Awareness Month. So I might as well just go through the month of October. And I didn't. You know, and society has certain months we celebrate. Not take anything away from those months, too. But yeah. it's almost like, well, why not? step up the awareness for for months of you know if you want to be accepting of everyone uh, you know don't you agree that every awareness should be made more uh, aware for society exactly and so i'm sure that it, it's almost like stemming a tide if you will yep exactly so this month is um dysphagia awareness month yes and, also scoliosis awareness month and so, first of all, how do you keep track of all these months? I mean, I feel like everything's a national day for something, but how, do you, how do you keep track of the awareness month? Um, well, now that I've been doing it for uh, a few years now, um, whenever um, it comes up in my mem memories on Facebook, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's this. Okay. And then I start to get 
going to work on it. I like that. I said they're going to work on it. So this month is dysphagia. And, you know, because of your swallow therapy, I feel like this is one that hits home because for you, having that therapy not only is physically therapeutic, but I think you've mentioned it's mentally therapeutic as well. Definitely is. Definitely is. So, knowing that yeah, there's a therapy, and yeah, knowing knowing that there's therapy that will help me get my swallow stronger than it is, uh, really helps me mentally. You know, because in in um, you know what you call, it gives me hope that I can eat again my mouth. And this is this is an interesting angle too because you know um not being able to eat is a psychologically affecting thing yeah when was like i don't think i've asked this when was the last time you actually had a bite to eat or even a a sip of a drink well if we're not well i'm not including when i was in rehab three years ago because that that no um i would say the real um Last time I had something to drink was when I was in the hospital three years ago. Um, and then the last time I had something to eat actually was also in, three years ago in the hospital, but earlier on in my stay. Now, Danny, as you mentioned, you, you were home, but and while we all saw a lot of other things be out in the public, do you kind of like the whole being in the being in your little corner of the world, so to speak, promoting all this, or do you hope to take this to outdoor events? Like, what's your goal? Um, I might do uh, an out, I might do an outdoor event in the future. I'm not sure, um, but just uh, I think because we're so. Uh, Everyone's so glued to their phones and the internet that I think that's a better outlet. Well, you know, I was just thinking to myself as you're talking about that, like, um, you can see how many tags are in a certain thing. So if you tag dysphagia awareness and you see under fewer than, you're almost like, well, why is anybody else talking about this? And so when you see the fewer than or whatever amount of posts is hashtag, what, what's your reaction? Um, yeah, I, I, my reaction is I wish more people would talk about it, but I know not a lot of people know about dysphagia as of, um, like they know spinal bifida, spinal bifida, spinal bifida, which is my main disability, um, is more well known than dysphagia. Well, didn't the, did the Jerry Lee Lewis telethon deal with spina bifida? I thought it, I thought it did, but I might be wrong about that. But, I am no clue. Uh, anyway, never mind that, because uh, I forget what the telethon was about. But no, uh, as far as this goes, so the swallow therapy, and what other therapeutics that you know of that maybe people don't, is offered for those with, with this dysphagia? Um... That's all I know is the swallow therapy. Um, um, I mean, it's technically it's speech therapy, but uh, with a um, concentration on swallowing. 
Did you have this as a kid? I, I don't I don't know if you mentioned that yet or not. Um, I had speech therapy as a kid because I didn't um I didn't talk until I was like three. And did they did they ever wonder? Well, I guess dysphagia didn't even come into the play because you just said seven years ago you were. You were yeah. Like um. Actually, well, I had I I've been dealing with severe dysphagia on and off for seven years, but I've been dealing with dysphagia um for about let's see, I'm gonna tell you wrong here. For about fourteen years now, um, but that was mild dysphagia back then, uh, where I was just having my liquids thickened. Um, but even back then, I didn't know what dysphagia was because no one put a name to what the condition was that I was dealing with back then. You're very calm and even keeled and very just cool to be around, Danny. But do you ever get scared about these kind of things? Do you ever, like, do you have any fear at all? Or are you kind of like, well, we're going to tackle this and not be afraid? I would say in the be- in the very beginning, that um, seven years ago I'm talking about, um, I was, uh, I wouldn't say scared, but I... I just wasn't unsure. I was unsure about what the future held for my swallow. Um, but now that I know that the therapy works, um, as long as I stay out of the hospital, <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not unsure or scared anymore. I'm like, it is what it is. I, know I can do this. I know this. I know this is temporary. Uh, let's just do this. Now, you actually, this is very interesting to talk about because you actually go on site to do the therapy, right? And you do this in a very safe way, or do they come home to you? Yes, I go there. Um, they don't do um, the therapy at home because um, since they have to use the electrodes, it has to be in a medical facility. And and those who, I guess, are nervous to adapt if they find out they have it. Do you, do you know the data on this? Like, how many people have it in the world, in the country? Do you know the specifics on that? Or? I don't know. Um, but it would be interesting to find out. I would have, I, I need to do research on that now. Because I think if you knew, it'd be like, yeah, I can reach out to others who have it and see if there's a community to, to start really doing this. Because if you're the one speaking out, you can become a leader, you know? Yeah. When you first realized this, because I'm I'm curious, you know, as you know, I have this esophageal stuff and I look like my food was pretty bad, I guess, because I start getting all facial expressioning if the food gets stuck. Um, but it... It, um, when you first started feeling it, what was it like? Was it painful? Was it like agony? Or was it just like, come on, why can't the food get down? Yeah, no, uh, no pain, thank God. Um, no, it was just a lot of uh, coughing and pretty much choking. Um, and it's like, why is this happening? And then 
uh, we went for I went for my first very first small test um, for it and found out what the cause was and uh, what we can do about it. Do you have a doctor that is specifically caring for this dysphagia? Like, do the uh, is, are these treatments treatments prescribed or? So this time around, um, I just um, go, I just go to my primary uh, doctor to get a script for it, and that's about it. Um, when it was the when it was seven years ago, when I first started, um, it it was um, my pulmonologist because um, we knew it. Um, it was affecting the breathing. By the way, I don't know if you know this website, but I just researched. Found in 1991, the Dysphagia Research Society. So, dysphagiaresearch.org is a pretty, uh, I guess, a pretty. Um, it's there. It's kind of a new thing. Thirty years of a society, but I'm sure they're celebrating their 30th mm. year now. So that's just kind of cool. Do you know that they are? In 2008, Congress passed the statute marking June as Dysphagia Awareness Month. Washington knows about this. I had no idea that was the case. It's a, it's an actual National Awareness Month. I, like it gets buried amongst everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was a national thing. And by the way, do you know it's one in 25 individuals that are dealing with this? So maybe I should bring on someone from the Dysphagia Research and link you guys up, and then you guys can partner. Yeah, that would be awesome. Because, you know, it's just, this is what adapting with Alex is. It's just bringing people who are adapting to organizations who are adapting, and boom, a connection's made like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, if 91, right, we didn't have much um, knowledge about any technological back then in 91, right? So, pretty much, no. Let's say you didn't, you found this out as a kid and not seven years ago when there is research, when there is more done. Um, I guess I, I don't know how you would feel because you'd be a kid back then, but are you relieved in the way that? If this was going to come up, you'd rather come up as you're an adult and not as a kid, I guess is my question. Yes, very much. Because as a kid, you were dealing with all these other things. Yes, exactly. There was, there was a lot I was dealing with as a kid, so I'm glad that this wasn't added to that chaos. And now that, because now you can be more on top of it, and you know what we're not what we're missing here is the parental support. I mean, I saw your parents yesterday too, and they are so loving, they're so caring, and they're so caring of you. And I feel like, would you say without them, you you wouldn't be as level headed as you are right now? Exactly. I always say that without my support system, I don't know where I would be today. I wouldn't be the same person, or I wouldn't even be here probably. What does selectivity mean to you? And what I mean by that is, with all these things that you deal with, and we talked about this yesterday, actually, you're very selective of who your friends are and everything like that. Doesn't that matter? You just mentioned the support system, so let's talk about the social aspect. It's almost you have to be selective to those who got your back, even through all of it, right? Yeah, 
Yep, I really do need to be selective because I know there are people who just want to be your friends and uh, just know the ins and outs of you so they can spread it around. Hmm. That's kind of a scary thought to think. It's almost like intel being done on people we don't even, or we think are good friends is what you're saying. Exactly. And I honestly have a, um, which I think I know, I think you know this. Um, I have a very good sense of uh, who is genuine and who is fake. And then without them even saying a word. By the way, I'm just looking at this. Um, do you know you can do a video for dysphagiaresearch.org if you wanted to about why the awareness is needed? I feel like this is right up your alley. I'm going to send you this link, Danny, because you can do that. You know, you can be a part of a bigger voice here, which would be great. Yes, yes, definitely send me that. And I'm anybody, sure. uh, it's such a rare condition, but anybody who is listening and then, you know, gets the click on the tag. Do follow up with them. I mean, can Danny, can people reach you? They're like, yeah, I just started my my sort of treatment. What can I do? I feel like you can be a good voice for that too. Definitely. So what's your contact info and, I, and your socials? Just remind us again. Okay, so on Instagram, it's DJ underscore rock underscore and underscore rule underscore 90 um on oh, and i don't know much yeah. and by the way we're talking about a more serious thing but let me just say underneath all of this danny is the kick-ass guy he's hilarious as hell and we just crack each other up every day and that's what's gotten us through this pandemic and then some right bud that's for sure and and people need to know that, that that's why I said do you get offended when people say what's your condition because they need to know we're more than what what we look like I guess exactly yeah no I don't um and I guess I don't care what the terminology is and you you said a while ago um there's still like a stigma and a subpar feeling that you, you see the community gets treated with and so. Yep. Do, do people, I, I don't know, I, I, from what I've known you, I feel like people just naturally gravitate to you, but is that just what it looks like, or do people naturally gravitate to you? No, they definitely uh, gravitate towards me. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think most of it is genuine, and they actually want to, you know, interact with me, but I know there are people who want we're just doing it because I'm the poor kid in the wheelchair. But I feel like 90% of the time you don't think of yourself like that, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, no. None of my friends um, that I'm close with, I'm, I should say, um, uh, feel that like that. And, and those that feel the stigma like you might, like, uh, what's their intentions? I mean, I swear I'm an expert in it. How can people become more social? And by the way, this is a key conversation because we're leaving a pandemic and people with disabilities do want to get back out there again. Yeah. Maybe they're even more worried about the way they're viewed because of this pandemic. I mean, do you think that's a possibility? And Oh, that's what, definitely a possibility. 
And what's your advice to those that think that and just say, F it, go live your life again? Exactly. That's, that's pretty much it. Just go live your life. Because I don't know. I, I don't know about Mass Selective. I'm, I'm getting better. But I could learn from you because you know, hey, this, this person's there for me. This person. You pinpoint it. So those who kind of are nervous to even filter. And then there's a group that just wants to be friends with everybody because they're worried. They can't be friends yeah. with anybody. So how do we find the balance, Danny? Um, just trust your instincts. If someone, if you feel someone is not right for you, um, whether it be friendship or more, then trust that and be like, I can't have you in my life. And it's a very difficult decision to come down to, is it not? Uh, it can be. Um, there are instances where it's just easy and you just know, nope, you can't be in my life. Um, but there's other times when, especially when you have a history with them already, um, you want like you want to be with them or I'll have them in your life, but at the same time, they're toxic. And it's just and, like, how can the good outweigh the bad in that situation? Yeah. Totally get that. Um, you had mentioned something interesting while I have you here. that the Because infrastructure has become a big deal, right? This big infrastructure package. Yeah. Yet, even in your little roads in Baldwin there, I gotta say, you were like, yeah, the cracks on the island suck. And I'm like, isn't this bill supposed to help everybody? I feel like it's not going to help everybody. No, it's not. That's for sure. And, yeah, I was. Yeah, I remember I was like, "Let's let's walk in the street," and that's dangerous. I mean, yeah, if we can't even walk on the sidewalk in America, like that's a dangerous thing. Exactly. So, what's your recommendation to? I don't know if they're listening to this, Biden, Kamala. I don't know any one of them. Uh, or Congress, I mean, if they're recognized as Vasia, they should recognize streets should be, <laughs> sidewalks should be walkable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to fix these sidewalks. Have you noticed it and been frustrated? Like, why are you talking about this, but here's this going on? Um, the closest, the closest thing I can say about that is, uh, six years ago, um, uh, we, uh, my mom, she, um, she kept a number from Newsday, um, about, um, if there were any issues in the community to call them. And, um, the, um, the, uh, me, um, mall, uh, strip mall on my, uh, on the main road here, um, um, shopping center, I should say, um, um, it ha didn't have enough handicapped spots for, um, uh, curb cuts. So, um, my mom remembered the number and called it, and, um, they agreed to look into it, and one day, me and my mom, um, met up with the reporter at the shopping center, and, uh, we discussed 
why it was important to uh, get more handicap spots and cup uh, cuts done. And that um, um, the, the county um, told me, um, man, Lord of the shopping center, that you're, you're in violation of the American with Disabilities Act of 1990, and you need to comply. Otherwise, we'll fine you this amount of dollars. Wow. And what happened? They complied. Well, they, they agreed to comply, and they um, added more handicap spots and curb cuts. Um, not as many, but... Uh, I don't know if they did as many handicap spots as they were supposed to, but they didn't put the handicap spots in the most convenient spots um, in the shopping shopping center, but better than where the ones that were already there work. I make sure that even though I use the humor, I make sure that that they know it's a serious topic. DJ Rock and Roll, I, lo- I love that. I love that username and that nickname, by the way. It just fits the name. Uh, let, let me just say something. Let me just say something about that. Yeah. For all you who are listening, I'm not a DJ. Um, DJ are my initials, so it's like a play on words. And and so that what's your initials of DJ? Um, Daniel John. Daniel John Voice. That's such a strong name, Danny. Um, my my friend, my brother. Thank you for coming on and talking about this and a whole host of other things. And definitely come back. Um, maybe as the month continues and we end up getting someone from the research center, maybe join us on that conversation. And maybe as someone who actually has it could speak out about it and, and maybe how you guys can collaborate. That'd be cool to have that on this is light on this podcast. So maybe we'll make that work out. Definitely. I'll I'm down for that. Well, I'm Alex Garrett, where we're always adapting. Let's fix people's lives, right, Danny? Yeah, exactly. Uh I'm Alex Garrett. We're always adapting.